Welcome to TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council here in Dallas, Texas. I'm Bill San Antonio, Trek's Marketing and Communications Coordinator, and I'd like to start off by wishing all of you a very happy and healthy new year so that you can continue to build the city you've imagined. Today we are continuing our Transportation Revolution podcast series, sponsored by Boca Powell, with Tom Bamonte, Senior Program Manager for the North Central Texas Council of Governments, or NCTCOG, for those of you who like partial acronyms. Tom works on automated vehicle pilot programs, the regional data infrastructure for automated vehicles, and on issues related to transportation technology and planning. And he spoke with us about all the new transportation tech emerging in DFW and the challenges that await us as they're implemented. Just a quick reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review TrekCast on Apple Podcasts, or check us out on SoundCloud if you're not an iPhone user. You'll find all the previous installments in our Transportation Revolution series, plus much more. You can also follow the Real Estate Council on social media. We are at the Real Estate Council on Facebook and at Trek Dallas on Twitter and Instagram. Before we get into our interview with Tom, here's a word from today's sponsor, Boca Powell. I'm Chris Barnes, a principal of Boca Powell Architects in Dallas, and we've been working with Airbus and Hellasum on a new facility in Grand Prairie. Our involvement with helicopters is important as we look for the future for Uber Elevate and the type of product that they're going to use. As the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex grows and expands, transportation becomes a really key issue and an important factor. So being able to move through the city via helicopter or whatever mechanism it is becomes very important. Boca Powell is moving people and companies forward. To learn more, visit bocapowell.com. Big thanks to Boca Powell for its support of TrackCast and our Transportation Revolution podcast series. Head on over to recouncil.com now. Well, maybe not right now, but after you're done listening to this episode. And get your tickets for the first Bank of Texas Speaker Series event of 2019. Join us on January 24th as Christopher Leinberger presents his walk-up wake-up study on how to create a more walkable DFW. Now, here's Tom Bamonte right here on TrackCast. Why is Dallas the right city for us to test a lot of these futuristic technologies that we talked about during uh, the speaker series, you know, like, like Hyperloop and like Vertiport? I mean, why not test them in cities with more diverse and robust public transportation, cities like New York or, I mean, Los Angeles to an extent, but... Well, to start, why? I think the region is well-situated to be a um, center of testing and early deployment of emerging transportation technologies. It's growing. Um, It has a very forward-looking regional transportation council that has signaled to um, the industry that... Uh, DFW is a place to come and deploy and partner with the public sector. Um, We've got uh, this agency is uh, a national leader in advancing transportation technologies, as shown by the fact we just hosted the Texas Mobility Summit this past weekend. Um, I, the, the, and, and we have a, you know, you, you, focused on public transit. One is we do have um, a public transit system, and I think what makes this area interesting is that you have so much uh, transportation infrastructure, including public transportation, and so it makes a nice mosaic of market opportunities for the automated vehicle and the uh, uh, 
uh, developer community. Um, you have a mixture of relatively dense urban areas like downtown Dallas and Fort Worth. You have emerging uh, urban centers. Um, you can think of legacy and other areas that are coalescing into kind of new downtowns. Um, DFW is really a prototypical 21st century city, so I think it makes it a very attractive place for innovators to come. We have a good regulatory climate. We have a very good um, um, physical climate, whether and otherwise it's attractive for automated vehicle deployment. So um, I, I view the fact that uh, um, you know all these things come together and uh, it makes us a very attractive um, thing. But, I, but just in conclusion though, your, your question assumes that there's plenty of testing going on in cities like San Francisco that have, um, uh, you know, a public transportation system that has a larger market share than the public transit agencies here. Um, and then we have, you know, small cities are being test sites and all over. What's great about DFW, again, is just the variety of opportunities um, in terms of community size, density, and needs that makes us a great place. So what kind of logistical and bureaucratic challenges exist in pursuing the successful implementation of these technologies? I mean, I can't imagine that uniting tech companies, government entities, and the public could possibly be an easy task. Well, it's, it's never an easy task, but, but that's, um, that's just the nature of, of, of things. Um, you know, we've been doing... Uh, the public and the private sectors have worked together in the transportation and other sectors for decades. Um, so the wrinkle that the recent rapid innovation in transportation technology, uh, I think the challenge for everybody is this. Um, the system is kind of historically oriented for scoping, planning, funding, building, infrastructure over a long period. So you put in a roadway that lasts to last 50 to 100 years, there may be 20, 30 years of planning in front of that. Um, we're seeing rapid advances in technology measured, you know, where the long range plan is measured in months rather than decades. And so I think the fundamental challenge is how does a sector that's been focused on long time frames and long-term infrastructure investments pivot to accommodate and, and, and uh, the, you know, technology that changes quite rapidly. What have you uh, seen as, um, as the public's response to a lot of these technologies? I mean, I, I, I think of it in terms of, of the Hyperloop idea of, of Dallas to Austin in 19 minutes, but, you know, we did just go through the um, you know the bike situation last year, and I know those are two sort of different things to be thinking about. But it seemed like, or at least the, the bikes at the time seemed like a good idea until they were implemented and the bikes were thrown about. I mean, is there a is there a scenario that the public could become skittish about these kinds of things, or are there concerns on your end that you know maybe these ideas, as great as they sound? won't be as, as accepted as maybe we think they will be as we're researching them and, and testing them? Well, I think we, I mean, 
you point out that public acceptance and market acceptance of these transportation technologies are what in the end will be determinative. So our goal is to get to the place where the public can encounter, experience um, these new transportation technologies so they can understand more about how they work. It's not something abstract, it's something tangible and real. And at the same time, they can give feedback to us as public entities and to the private sector, their responses to technology, what they like, what they don't like. And by being trying to make um, Dallas-Fort Worth kind of ground center for this kind of testing and interaction, we're helping to shape what works and what doesn't work. Um, we don't know how it's all going to shake out. We're kind of probably similar to what it was like about 1905, where you had new emerging technologies and no one knew if the horse and buggy was going to prevail or the horseless carriage and what that may mean. We're kind of there. So our commitment is to try to have a framework where the public, the public sector, and the private sector can work together in an appropriate fashion to allow the kind of interaction necessary to develop these technologies and products. How nimble are we in terms of our infrastructure? I mean, are, are we in a position where we're prepared to, I guess, pivot in the event that we need to change our infrastructure or, or sort of change our, our roadways or, or the construction of our cities? I know you had mentioned that often when we plan out um, you know, roadways or, or things of that nature, there's often, you know, a, a, an even longer period in place for, for planning these things out. But when we have technologies that kind of only exist in theory or, or at least in the public's mindset only really exist in thought rather than, um, r rather than in, in our world, um, is there, is there a, 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 not a plan in place, I suppose, but are, are we prepared to sort of just go in and, and change our, our infrastructure in the event that we need to? I mean, could we be in a position where Dallas is maybe growing too fast with the influx of people, with the new emerging technologies, and then the need to then reconstruct the way our, our, our city is, is mapped out? That's, um, that's about uh, 65 questions in, uh, <laughs> in there. My, my me, apologies. Let me see if I can unpack some of that. I think that I think you will see, um, and and let's let's look historically um, with the transition from the horse and buggy to the um, horseless carriage, um, a substantial continuity in infrastructure. You had streets with the horses and buggies, and you had streets with the horseless carriage, and over a period of decades, the streets grew to things like the interstate to accommodate the um, kind of full potential of the automobile. I think the same thing will happen here with things like driverless vehicles and other technologies that the, the ones that will work and make sense will leverage our existing platforms like our existing highways and um, over time there, there'll be the kinds of adjustments that was like 50 years to go from a street to the interstate, there'll be a similar period where the infrastructure will evolve to accommodate the potential 
that's uh, in a driverless vehicle and other technologies. So a lot of the change happens in the vehicle. It happens in the communication systems, um, much of which occurs through you know, automakers, um, wireless carriers, other s sectors other than the public sector. So I think our focus will be on doing what we do well, providing the platforms for um, emerging vehicle types, um, providing some planning guidance for how you might um, repurpose existing assets. So for example, curb space could be um, changed from just parking to um, pick up drop off zones or uh, you know ways to accommodate um, uh, infrastructure may change to accommodate things like dockless scooters. Um, th there may be new vehicle types that emerge based on the electric platform that will require changes to the infrastructure. But that will be a gradual process for the most part. And I think you know our commitment is to try to make infrastructure that is you know cost effective, durable, but also flexible enough to allow the kind of creative repurposing that will come over time. Big thanks to today's guest, Tom Bamonte of the North Central Texas Council of Governments, and today's sponsor, Boca Powell. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review TrackCast on Apple Podcasts, and go to recouncil.com to get your tickets for our January 24th Bank of Texas Speaker Series event on urban walkability. Once again, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.